0: This is the Turn on the Jets podcast, presented by Prime Sport.
1: With the third pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. What should the Jets expect from
0: you? Um, a lot of wins. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This week, we are going to be joined by our good friend Connor Hughes of The Athletic. Uh, we've talked to Connor a few other times this offseason, but this week, we're going to touch base on the Jets offseason overall, uh, wrap up anything that we saw at minicamp and OTAs, and give some early thoughts and predictions on the team uh, heading into the 2018 preseason and regular season. Before we jump into our interview and discussion with Connor, I want to remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the New York Jets. Make sure to check out PrimeSport.com, front turn on the Jets to learn more about their 2018 tickets and hospitality packages. Give them a follow on Twitter at Prime Sport, give them a follow on Facebook at Prime Sport, longtime friend, longtime supporter of the site. Again, that's PrimeSport.com slash turn on the Jets. Our podcast is also brought to you by Razor Sport. Gambling is now legal in New Jersey and will soon to be legal in plenty of other states. So you want to make sure you're getting the best advice for that? Go to r a z e r s p o r t dot com. That's RazorSport com. Also, make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at Razor Sport Club and check out our podcast episode from a few weeks ago when we talked with John Razer about some smart bets around the New York Jets and NFL teams heading into this season. Prime Sport, Razor Sport, make sure to show your love to the uh, sponsors of this podcast as we continue to grow and expand. We have a couple exciting new partnerships on the way, Um, so stay tuned for some new announcements around that. Definitely have some good things to uh, announce and get excited about. Also, other general PSAs before we jump into our Connor uh, interview, please leave this podcast a rating on iTunes. We're almost up over 200. Really appreciate you dropping in that four or five stars. Don't go any lower than four stars. Keep that rating average up very high where it is right now. It uh, takes a second, really helps with our distribution and reach on the show. You could also find our podcast on Spotify and on Google Play. Make sure you're also subscribed to the other podcasts within the Turn on the Jets digital podcast network. Play Like a Jet hosted by Scott Mason. The Jet Take hosted by Kyle Fahey and Ben Blessington. Stick to the Jets hosted by Connor Rogers. Um, Draft Season hosted by Joe Malfa and Dolben Buck the Trend hosted by Daniel Eason. And then coming up shortly, we all have the TOJ Film Room hosted by Joe Blewett and Kyle Smith. And Know Your Foe hosted by Michael Nanya. So, Endless amounts of podcasts for all your Jets and NFL listening. We appreciate everybody taking the time uh, to subscribe, rate, and review those different shows. We also are now on Instagram at turnonthejets underscore IG. I know... uh, we haven't been doing a ton of live video and stories yet, but once the season gets here, we're going to be much more active with that as we're out at different practices and games and different events. So make sure you get ahead of it now and follow us on Instagram at jets underscore IG. Also check out our store at The Loyalist as an early heads up. We're going to be running a 20% off sale the entire week of 4th of July, so you can get your last chance to get some summer gear in, whether that's our Summer of Sam, Save Us Sam gear. We're also going to have a couple different variations of our Turn on the Jet shirt and a few other things, so that store is just The Loyalist slash Turn on the Jets. This week's guest, now I believe his third time on the podcast, and we very much appreciate him continuing to come back, Connor Hughes of The Athletic. Connor, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
1: doing well, man. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. So we're kind of in, I guess, what could be called the only quiet time of the NFL season. The Jets have wrapped up mini camp. Uh, They're not going to kick off training camp until late July. Uh, Not a ton of public access to training camp this year, but they will have joint practices for the first time in a while. Uh, They're going to have their green and white scrimmage down at Rutgers. But still, these four or five weeks should be pretty quiet. What what was top of mind for you after watching this team in OTAs and minicamp? What was the main headline that jumped off the page from this team that you saw, especially comparatively
1: to what we saw last year? Uh, well, I think that kicking competition is going to take. Not kidding. Uh, I think that obviously, like the thing on thing on everyone's mind is is the quarterback battle, and if, for me, if if you are a team like the Jets who do not have your known franchise quarterback in terms of, and not, not a could be, but an established quarterback, uh, an established franchise quarterback. I think what, what you took away from, from OTAs and minicamp and all that stuff is that, you know, the Jets are in the next best position. You know, the, the, this is a team that, believe it or not, their quarterback spot looks about as good as it can look without having that established franchise guy and, and and what i mean by that is that they've got the guy in josh mccown who you know exactly what he is he's a capable player he's not great he's not elite but he's good and he's good enough and you know to, to win you some games you could certainly win it with him under center they've got the lottery ticket in teddy bridgewater who's a guy that you know it, what i mean two two and a half years ago looked like a budding franchise quarterback before that gruesome knee injury he's back and he's healthy and then you've got sam Darnold, who. Uh, for all intents and purposes looks like a guy who is much further along than some expected looks like a guy that potentially could be in the running to be the week one starter and and certainly has started to display a lot of things that that scream franchise quarterback potential so you know quarterback is going to be the talk of this team for the next several months if Sam Darnold uh, his, his progress is going to be the talk of this team probably for the next couple of years but you know, I think that, that while there hasn't been a game played yet and while there's certainly a lot of things that can happen between now and week one and then, of course, the end of the season, there's reason for optimism and, and probably cautious optimism, I, I would say, regarding this team and, and the the position that's kind of doomed them for the last four decades or so. How realistic is it for Jet
0: fans to think that Sam Donald has a very real chance to start week one? I know personally it's something... I've been advocating for at least if the competition is close in training camp in the preseason, which which I think it will be based on where Darnold's talent and everything we've heard so far. Some Jet fans, I think somewhat wrongly assume that Todd Bowles would never consent to playing a rookie quarterback, although he has not been shy to play rookies and young players at other positions in the previous few years. I mean, if you had to put it, I guess, on a percentage right now, who is most likely to be the Jets' starting quarterback week one, and where does that percentage fall for Sam
1: Darnold? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the percentage question is always an interesting one, you know. But but I would think that there's definitely a, a good chance of him being there. I mean, Josh McCown probably still the favorite. I give that it had maybe you know I gotta divide this by like threes, but I'd say it's probably like a fifty, maybe a little bit less than that chance that it's that's, it's Josh McCown. And I, I think actually, you know, what, I'll, I'll I'll probably put it this way: I think there's about a fifty. To 55%, I'd say 55% chance that it's going to either be Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater in their center. And then it's a 45% chance that it's going to be, uh, that it's going to be Sam Darnold. You know, you don't invest what the Jets invested in Sam Darnold to then not play him. Whenever he is ready to play, and I'm not saying not whenever he is better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater, not when he is better than Josh McCown. Whenever he is ready to play and he is ready to take the field and be this team's starting quarterback and win games for this team, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And that's kind of what this is about. And, you know, I understand that, that people look at Todd Bowles and say old-school coach, you know, he doesn't want to play the young quarterback. I, I think that it's, it's not necessarily that he's an old-school coach that doesn't want to play the young quarterback. I think it's more that the last two years he's had young quarterbacks that were incapable of playing. I mean, the Jets gave Christian Hackenberg every opportunity to earn the starting job last year, and he just was not capable of playing quarterback in the NFL so they went to Josh McCown. I mean, it, it, McCown or Petty and Hackenberg took like every rep at quarterback the last three weeks, two and a half weeks of training camp. They started the second and third games. I mean, they begged Christian Hackenberg to be their starting quarterback. He just wasn't capable of it. I could very well see another situation like that transpiring here in camp. And if you look at OTAs and mini camp, it's been, uh, it's been Sam Darnold who's out reps, Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown throughout each of these practices. He gets, more reps than any of those guys, including a string of reps with the first team. So the Jets are, even this early, which was not the case last year with with Petty and Hackenberg, they're giving this guy more reps, and they're giving this guy reps with the first team for him to learn and develop. And once he's ready to be the starting quarterback, once he's ready to be the guy, they'll give him the reins. It's just a matter of when that happens. Now, again, watching how this guy has developed from his first OTA practice and first practice in rookie minicamp— to where he was when he walked off the field the final day of minicamp, you see a completely different guy. So if he continues to progress at the rate that he is progressing at, there's no reason why he can't be the starting quarterback week one. And if that's the case, I, I don't see the Jets holding him back. You know they they know what Josh McCown is. There, there's a lot of hype though around Sam Darnold, and I think that the difference between this year and last year is that. You know, players looked at Christian Hackenberg at practice and they realized that this was a guy that that couldn't play yet. So if Todd Bowles put him out there, everyone would basically be like, Oh, we're not trying to win. With Sam Darnold, you see the budding superstar potential there with him. So if he takes the field, you're not gonna have that reaction. This isn't a guy that can't play. So once he is ready to play, he's gonna get the nod.
0: Most Jet fans, or including myself, are excited about the potential of this group of receivers. Probably more excited than we've been in recent years, considering how the depth chart is finally coming together. What is the internal expectations on availability for Robbie Anderson and Quincy Nuwa? Because I do feel like most of us still sort of speak with these qualifiers around these guys that, hey, if Anderson is available for every game, or if Quincy Nuwa is really healthy... I think with how everything has broken the past few months, I think, am I wrong in saying it's more than fair to expect that both of those guys, the expectation internally is that they are going to be the week one starters and for Anderson, he's going to be available at least 15 or 16 games and with the Inouye, they're not going to be holding him back in any capacity?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Starting started with Quincy is that I don't anticipate him being limited in any way, shape, or form uh, when, when – uh, the training camp starts. Uh, This was all cautious. The the stuff of him just doing individuals and mini camp and OTAs. It's just, it's just the jets being cautious. There's no lingering side effects. There's no worry about him getting hurt again. This, this was just a guy that was dealt a a very tough injury. He's working his way back. And the jets are saying, there's no point in rushing him for a, a meaningless OTA or mini camp workout. That's literally what this was. It was just give this guy a chance to really get ready when we really kick things into high gear here for training camp, he'll be good to go. Uh, with Robbie, it's, you know, the NFL usually waits, right? I mean, they've made the mistakes before in terms of jumping to suspensions before the legal process is ironed out. So, you know, Robbie still has some lingering things that have not been ironed out with the law. So if I, I personally would be pretty surprised if he gets suspended this year. I think that if a suspension comes down, and that's a big if, because you've seen there've been, you know, legitimate questions here regarding what happened with what with, you know exactly what happened down in Florida that if he gets suspended I would think and hedge towards that probably happening next year not necessarily this year and I highly doubt it's anything more than a game or two I, I'd be actually surprised if it's more than a game so the Jets, I, w- I would think that they're going to have their full complement of receivers here to start, you know, the the season. Then, of course, you know, I know as soon as we hang up now, you know, they'll, you know, the Jets will put so-and-so on the IR, and then you know, Robbie's suspended the whole year because so that's, you know, it's <laughs> just the luck of things. But, uh, you know, I I would think that they're going to have their full their full complement here to to go from week one and and you know, you're you're going to hopefully see some of these guys develop if you're a Jets fan. You know, you want to see Quincy take the next step. You want to see Robbie take the next step because. If that happens, it certainly makes everyone on the offensive side of the ball their job easier in terms of Jeremy Bates calling the plays and who's ever lining up under center or quarterback. So you got
0: yourself a little shout-out in a recent uh, YouTube video by Jamal Adams when he, uh, <laughs> yeah, when, when he read through some tweets. I've actually also been called out by Jamal Adams for comparing him to Landon Collins, which he took as an insult, which I meant as a compliment. But I uh, – I think it's an interesting. And I, as, as people who cover the team, and I, you know, I'm more openly a Jets fan. Where you're more openly just, you know, you're a, su- a subjective or objective member of the media covering the team. Jamal Adams, I find to be a difficult player to talk about or analyze with fans because all the fans are so adamantly behind him, which is a good thing and something I understand as someone who is both a Jets fan and who covers the team. I think, you know, with Adams, I think he had an encouraging. Rookie year. I don't necessarily think he looked like the generational talent that we were told he was before the NFL draft. He wasn't rookie of the year. He didn't get any votes for rookie of the year. He wasn't a Pro Bowler or all pro. I think the expectation is when you take a guy sixth didn't overall. Intercept the <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the expectation is when you take a guy sixth overall, he's not just going to be a good starter. He's going to be a transformational player and someone who is regularly a pro bowl or all pro. And we kind of have this same thing with Leonard Williams where he's got a little closer, but he's been good but not quite great. Now with Adams, what do you think he needs to do? over the next year or two to meet the expectations of being the sixth overall pick? And do you notice that from fans when you say anything even remotely critical of him that there is a particular negative backlash?
1: Yeah, there's some of that. It's funny you brought up that tweet because was, my mention started blowing up and, and people telling me I needed to work on my tackling. And I was like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like, what, what? And then I found the video and was like, oh man, You know, the crazy thing about that I think that's, I sent that tweet in like week three or week four or something along those lines of just, you know, oh, you, know you missed a couple of tackles, here's something to work with. And then, you know, it comes back, what are we now in, in June of 2018. But, you know, look, I, I, think that, that Jamal had a very, um, uh, positive rookie season, but I mean, he was still a rookie season. And if you go down and you look at the numbers, the fact that he didn't intercept the pass, he needs to improve that. I mean, he needs to start making more plays on the ball and coverage. When you look at his tackling and and this is the crazy thing is I wrote a story in Jamal Adams and he admitted to this as well. And that he missed tackles and he missed too many plays and you need to make up for those plays. Um, so that was kind of funny in its own right. He just needs to to more experience. You know, the guy was a rookie or you know, there is so much there to like about him. When you talk about his athletic ability, when you talk about his spirit, when you talk about his leadership, that there's a lot of things that, that, that make him that budding all pro superstar kind of potential. He just needs to put it all together. And, and it, I don't think it came all together. His rookie year, obviously, like you said, wasn't defensive rookie of the year. He didn't pick off 10 passes or have, you know, 120 tackles, or even have a year like Landon Collins had his second year in the league. I mean, Jamal Adams didn't do that. You saw the potential being there. He just needs to put it all together. And I think that that, you know, this is a big year for him because you're going to see what the offseason did. You're going to see what what he learned this offseason and, and the steps that he did or did not take. And and the thing is, is that I, I believe that he is knowledgeable of what he needs to improve on. Cause like I said, I, I talked to him and I asked him, how would you grade your rookie season? And he said, I would grade it a 5 out of 10. And I said, well, why would you grade it a 5 out of 10? And he said he missed plays, he missed tackles, and he didn't do everything that he thought he was capable of doing and he's looking to do it this year. And, and we'll see, but I think, I don't know. There, there's random players that, that regarding your, the second part of the question, there's random players that I, I realized jet fans get really up in arms with whenever you're critical of them or criticize them. Uh, there was a big half of the fan base, which was super, you know, anytime you criticize, you they were like that. The same thing with Hackenberg. I think the weird thing is that you're seeing it now for a safety, which is a little odd because normally it's the quarterback that, that people are really divided on, but Look, I mean, at the end of the day, he was a rookie, and people make rookie mistakes, and the guys, you know, very rarely do you see a guy come in his rookie year, and he's an all-pro. So, you know, it's, it's all about progress, it's all about development, and it's all about seeing where Jamal Adams is, you know, at the end of this year than necessarily in June. All
0: right, final question before we let you go. I, I put out a poll this past week, basically to get Jet fans' expectations on, on their win total for this year, and I was pleasantly surprised by the moderation in the answer. The overwhelming majority of people picked five to eight uh, wins with the next highest amount, I think, picked nine or ten, and there was only a handful of people on the extremes, which would be less than four wins or more than ten wins. Uh, Where do you see this team roughly ending up as of right now? And I know it's a difficult question to answer until we know how the quarterback position shakes out but do you think there is an, at least an internal expectation that five and eleven for the third year in a row is not going to cut it? And that while the understanding is this might not be a playoff team, this should be a team that's hovering closer to five hundred this year. Is this team, despite having the lowest Madden ratings, the highest Super Bowl, the lowest Super Bowl <coughs> odds, and all the other things that Jet fans get very upset about, is it fair to think they could be a seven to eight win team this season?
1: Uh Yeah, and I think that you hit the nail on the head. That there is an internal expectation that five and eleven is not going to cut it. I mean, unless it's even hard to say this. Unless everyone goes down and the Jets are end up starting some quarterback that they had to sign off the streets because they lose everyone and all the receivers are hurt like the Giants last year. Even then, I find it hard to believe that that uh, you know that coaching staff is going to survive another five and eleven season. But I think that you hit the nail on the head there with, with about five hundred. Is that I still think that this team is probably a year away from being a legitimate playoff contender. You know, they, they've they got to shore up the offensive line in some spots. Uh, they could probably, they can get by with what they have, but they could use a number one receiver. They desperately need a, a edge rusher. Uh, that You know, you've obviously been able to say that forever, and, and they probably need some help on the defensive line, too, because I'm not sure if, if, you know, Henry Anderson is going to be getting it done, or or your Nathan Shepard. You don't really know what to expect from those guys yet. So, There are still holes on this team, but, but you look at it largely, and I, I can make this argument for whoever starts at quarterback with Josh McCown, Bridgewater, or McCown, or Josh McCown, Bridgewater, or Darnold. There's no reason this team shouldn't be around that seven, eight win mark. You know, I, I think that would be the baseline of where you want to go. And if you go below that, it's, it's a a bad season. And if you go above it, they probably exceeded some expectations. You know, this is a team that, They've got a much better defense. That's secondary, assuming everyone stays healthy, should be among the best in the league. And that's, you know, including the, uh, expected improvement from Jamal Adams and Marcus May. I mean, that's, that's something there that you can, you can hang your hat on. That's going to be better. I think that their defense as a whole is going to be better with Avery Williamson and Darren Lee entering here in year three. You know, I think those are going to be better. The offensive line should be significantly better with that center situation ironed out and the receivers with the return of Quincy and Nunwell. The tight end, even without Safarian Jenkins, there's a lot to like there with a healthy Jordan Leggett and Chris Herndon. So you've got a lot of things about this team that you like. I still don't think they're a playoff contender yet because, you know, there's only so far you're going to go with Josh McCown or a rookie quarterback or Teddy Bridgewater's health, that big question mark. And you still need the rusher, like I said, but there's no reason to believe that this team can't win seven or eight games. I mean, there's no reason to believe that that's not where they'll be. And it's probably where they should be. And if they find a way to squeak out nine, you know, they steal a game they shouldn't or a team, uh, that you expect to be good on the schedule is really bad and they end up beating them up. You know, they they could win up there at nine. I really don't think they'll win 10, but you know, maybe they get to 10 wins. So, you know, they're, they're, this team, I, they're, they're not going to, the coaching staff not going to survive five win season. Six wins is probably a, a significant disappointment as well. So, you know, the the people that are saying they are seven, eight wins. I think that's a, uh, that's a fair, fair assessment of where they're going to be this year. And then heading into 2019 is where you can, you can say, all right, now this is where you see a jump. This is where you really see this team go from a a team trying to turn the corner to one that does, and, and they win 10 games, and they get a wild-card spot or something like that.
0: All right, Connor Hughes of The Athletic. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. Connor, as always, thank you for joining us, and we'll definitely talk to you as the season gets a little closer.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me on.